Iowa is a podcast highlighting innovators and leaders across the state of Iowa. It's hosted by the Technology Association of Iowa, an organization that serves as the uniting force for Iowa's technology community. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more about how to get involved. My name is Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for today's show. I'm super excited. We have CEO and co-founder of Pitchley, Ryan Gahardi. Um, they are out of Des Moines, and we have a great show for you today, so stay tuned. Welcome, Ryan. Um, we're excited to have you on the podcast, and um, I think let's just start out by giving people a little bit of an intro of about yourself and your company um, and kind of um, your specialties that you guys work with in technology. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Beth. I'm excited to be here. Um, so my name's Ryan Gahardi, co-founder and CEO of Pitchley. Uh, Pitchley is a B2B SaaS application for businesses to present um, data inside of their organization into documents. And so we help remove repeatable work and create a repetitive data-driven process for that. Um, so I founded Pitchley um, and have been working with Pitchley for the last 18 months. And before that was very focused in the finance industry, um, working in various roles from Australia to Des Moines, Iowa um, throughout my career. Awesome. And how did you end up in Des Moines? So my wife is from Des Moines. So a long story short is we met on a Grand Canyon tour in 2007. So I was between my studies. I went back in 2008 to study a Master of Finance. Um, and we met on a Grand Canyon tour in 2007 and she moved to Australia in 2008 um, and then moved to Sydney in 2010 uh, where we lived. Awesome. Well, um, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about your technology and, and your business itself. I have to admit, I was looking at your website and I was kind of identifying the problems that you guys help solve as a business owner myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing um, because we've been looking for softwares and tools like this. Can you tell people a little bit about where you fit in the marketplace and like the types of businesses that you work with? Yeah. And, and that's a very the common perception is this is a big problem. Why hasn't someone done this in the past? Um, and I think it's it's a lot of customers simplify what we do as a advanced mail merge, and that's by feeding information into documents. And so really that's where our product is exciting, where there's a large set of documents that are produced either for internal stakeholders, so management reports or monthly or weekly reports, um, or compliance items or external, whether that's sales or business development materials. Um, and where they're created in Word or PowerPoint, um, that's where we're a very good fit for that. And so really the, the best ideal client for us is anywhere from about 50 employees, um, kind of up to about 10,000. And that gives us enough information inside of their business and enough repeatable processes that we can go in there and say, okay, this is how we can take out the errors and inefficiencies in how your team is building these documents today. And do you guys kind of take their existing um, technologies and um, processes and, and for lack of a better word, like tie them all together or do they have to use specific ones that um, you can kind of pull those APIs from? Yeah, so we've built, um, our technology is a combination of a platform as a service layer, which is kind of our data management layer, and then SaaS applications, which connect to that. So we complement what they've already got. We don't require any pre-built configurations. Um, we simply need them to have 
sources of information, and that can be as basic as Excel initially, um, all the way through to a kind of SQL database administered by a DBA um, in a large enterprise organization. Um, we then want to complement all that information by connecting and aggregating those sources and then making sure they work with the outputs that we're given to produce. Um, and so we sell to both really the end users of our product that want the outputs to be repeated, but then also need that information from somewhere else inside their business. Yeah, I think that that's such a key component because I know, again, having to try to figure out these problems on the business side of things, you want something that's supportive and helpful, but not completely disruptive that you have to start from scratch. So it sounds like you guys have really um, pinpointed um, a solution for business owners. Um, Can you give us any examples of kind of a circumstantial, here's a problem that a business had and here's how we helped solve that problem? Yeah, so a great solution that we've delivered is for BDO, the global accounting firm um, with about 80,000 employees. Uh, They use Pitchly today around the world to aggregate the different services they've provided or information about the services. So if they provided um, consulting advice to one of their businesses in Sweden um, about a potential investment or merger or acquisition or financing or some other advice, um, there's a good chance that's now stored in Pitchley as a record of that service. And then that is then being um, put into other documents where that information is relevant. It might be if they've got the authorization to go and market that transaction as something they have worked on, or it might be just for their own internal intelligence to notify people around the world that they have worked with that client on that particular engagement so that they come through as kind of a thought leader in the space and demonstrate expertise for the rest of the organization to benefit from. So you're kind of disseminating that information across all their different entities and individuals. That's correct, in a very controlled manner. So it's obviously very, um, it's user-driven, so you you accept a user invitation, it's secured, Um, only certain users can access the platform um, in certain domains. But yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's breaking down and removing some of the, the problems of the first decade of technology where this sort of information was stored in SharePoint or a SQL database that needed a special um, you know, analyst to query it, or even file servers where you're uploading a lot of documents into file servers, but then trying to get permission for those file servers across a large IT network spanning the world is very difficult. Um, and that all stems back to my experience working at Deloitte, Grant Thornton and Commonwealth Bank. Um, I experienced that firsthand, so understood this challenge particularly well. Yeah, and I I don't have the data on this, and maybe you do, but I'm imagining whether it's a large company or even a mid or small size company, the amount of time people spend on file organization or passing information from one person to another or redoing information has to be dramatically um, large. Do you have any research or studies or do you know of any um, thing out there to, to demonstrate just the amount of kind of I don't want to say time wasting because it's important stuff, but it's definitely things that technology can solve. Yeah, that's right. And so a couple of numbers we do have 1.4 billion office documents are created each day. So that's PowerPoint and Word. And of those 1.4 billion, it's estimated that the white collar workforce spends about half of their time updating previously done work. 
Um, so that's updating things like numbers from Excel or from a different source or just changing dates or changing elements in those documents. Um, and then that's costing the workforce about $20,000 per year per employee. Wow, um, between 18,000 and 20,000 per year per employee. And that's through errors, that's through omissions, that's through inconsistencies and just general time um, and effort doing that. And do you see that similar in small, smaller businesses and larger businesses? It does, does it matter the size or the scale? So we small businesses, we seem that they have less process but more need. And by that, I mean they don't have the you know, the built out 20 step documented process, but what they have is kind of an open slate and they have less people to do a lot of work. Um, so we see high engagement from small businesses where we can come in and solve two, three, four, or five problems they're in, in, uh, facing at the moment. Whereas large businesses give us one discrete problem like that BDO example, and we can solve that for a lot of people and create a lot of value that other way as well. Oh man, I really am interested. I think this is such an, um, I mean, we, I see it so firsthand of just, um, like you were mentioning all of the things, updating information and passing, you know, passing information along. And, um, I think you guys really have something here. Tell me about your business. How many employees do you guys have? Um, are you still in growth mode? Where do you guys see yourself in the next couple of years? Yeah. So we've got, uh, have 12 employees by the end of this month if everything goes to plan um, in the hiring. Uh, so we'll have 12 employees. Um, we're very focused on growing, you know, 2020 being a breakout year to release some more solutions for industries we have customers in today but don't promote. And so that's exciting for us. And we're absolutely in growth mode and we're looking at ways to build different solutions for different industries and hire experienced professionals that have both business development, but also the creative mind um, that can kind of put together um, an account in our product um, and look at that information and then see the potential for different industries. Um, and really that's how we focus on approaching in customers is what problems are they facing in PowerPoint and Word? What information do they have? And then how can we um, connect the two? Yeah, that's awesome. And is um, your workforce primarily in Iowa or are you guys spread out across the country? We're about, um, we're mostly in Iowa, but we do have employees spread out in the country and then internationally as well. Um, one thing we've been very focused on with a small team is we want to, you know, look at a very diverse pool of candidates um, and make sure every opportunity for new ideas is um, expanded explained and sought out. And one of those things that led us to that was really hiring a lot of people outside of Iowa that brought a unique skill set or something that we saw um, a unique element into both the culture and also the performance of our team. Um, and so, yeah, we're very excited at that. And how do you encourage that kind of diversity and diverse mindset? Um, is it just, is it through the hiring process? Is it through culture? What have you found works best? So we haven't really codified it, but I find as the chief interviewer at this point in time, the best way to do it is to really appreciate the fact that more and more um, the world is a diverse place and having people that you know uh, look like me, male and white, um, is not a representative of who actually uses the products and who we can actually talk to in, in the broader scheme of things. And so I think one approach we've done and the last job we hired for is a great example. We had four final interviews and we had 
um, both genders represented, all genders represented, all minorities represented. Um, and that was really important to us that we kind of looked at a diverse set there and picked the best skill set. And so not moving ahead with interviews until you have that, you know, a fair representation of what the world looks like um, is a good, but it's a difficult challenge as well. You've got to be very you've got to seek diversity in your recruiting process. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen because the referrals we get are from people we mostly know and the, most of the people we know are the people we're surrounded by. And so we need to go out there and actively um, look for that diverse talent pool to, to get the best results. Yeah, it sounds like you're really being intentional about that um, and um, I'm glad that that's working for you. Yeah, it's easy while we're small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, keeping that up is, is you know something on, on my mind as a leader to perpetuate throughout the team. I think that sounds like a great advice. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the podcast today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And um, if people want to learn more about you or your business, what's a great way for them to find you? Yeah, so uh, pitchley.com is the hub of our resources, but I can also be emailed um, ryan at pitchley.com directly. I would love to talk to people interested in this space. Um, we also have a number of opportunities for hiring and partners available. Be excited to, to talk through that. Well, congratulations on all your success and we wish you the best. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. The TAI Technically Iowa podcast is sponsored by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, or IEDA. Our state has the second lowest cost of doing business in the country. Let IEDA help you get started at iowaeda.com.